Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 11 and 39 through 40. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light, and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look diligently for their place, they will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land, and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their refuge in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and rescues them. He he rescues them from the wicked and saves them, because they take refuge in him. Genesis chapter 36, verses, I'm sorry, 43, verses 16 through 34. When Joseph saw Benjamin with him, he said to the steward of his house, Bring the men into the house, and slaughter an animal, and make ready, for the men are to dine with me at noon. The man did as Joseph said, and brought the man to Joseph's house. Now the men were afraid, because they were brought to Joseph's house, and they said, It is because of the money, replaced in our sacks the first time, that we have been brought in, so that he may have an opportunity to fall upon us, to make slaves of us, and take our donkeys. So they went up to the steward of Joseph's house, and spoke with him at the entrance to the house. They said, O my Lord, we came down the first time to to buy food, and when we came to the lodging place we opened our sacks, and there was each one's money with the top of his sack, our money in full weight. So we have brought it back with us. Moreover, we have brought down with us additional money to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. He replied, Rest assured, do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father must have put treasure in your sacks for you. I received your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. When the steward had brought the men into Joseph's house and given them water, and they had washed their feet, and when he had given their donkeys fodder, they made the present ready for Joseph's coming at noon, for they had heard that he would dine there. When Joseph came home, they brought him the present that they had carried into the house and bowed to the ground before him. He inquired about their welfare and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? They said, Your servant our father is well. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads and did obeisance. Then he looked up and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. With that, Joseph hurried out because he was overcome with affection for his brother, and he was about to weep. So he went into a private room and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out. And controlling himself, he said, Serve the meal. 
They served him by himself, and they them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. When they were seated before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth, the men looked at one another in amazement. Portions were taken to them from Joseph's table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. So they drank and were merry with him. Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 11. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin, he has condemned sin in the flesh, so that the just requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you who are, you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who, was raised, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through the Spirit that dwells in you. Good morning and welcome to the sixth Thursday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 37, Genesis 43, and Romans 8. And I couldn't help but notice this just so typical um, you know, reaction in the text of and of Joseph crying. Um, and the 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 setting is uh, Joseph, who had been sold into slavery all those years ago and had risen through the ranks in Egypt, now had arranged to have his family brought out, including the brothers and half brothers who conspired to have him killed, but then eventually sold him uh, into slavery. And he he sees his brothers and they have this chat, his half-brothers. Remember, um, Joseph is one of two children, Jacob's children, from Jacob's favored wife, Leah. And Joseph is the oldest, and that the story focuses on him is interesting because usually the story focuses on the youngest, which would have been Benjamin, his youngest, his younger brother, not half-brother, brother. Um, however, my guess is that when, because when Benjamin was born, Leah died, I, I wonder if um, that has something to do with the story not following Benjamin. But Benjamin, uh, the tribe of Benjamin, uh, is given the, the allotment of land that includes Jerusalem, and that's really important. Um, and Joseph... Um, there's no tribe of Joseph. There are two tribes for two, Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. So when we say the quote-unquote 12 tribes of Israel, there's actually 13 because of Manasseh and Ephraim. And they become tribal clans of 
Israel rather than Joseph or Josephite. So anyway, he sees his brother and he breaks down. And instead of, you know, just embracing him then, he runs off to a private room, weeps, washes his face, and then goes back into the room with his family. And it makes me think of like uh, David when he's bringing the, the, the ark into Jerusalem and he's dancing and he's like half naked, kind of dressed like the high priest. And he says, I'll make myself even more foolish than I have before. And uh, that, that contrast of like, to me, the David thing seems biblical. Like that fits in my frame of reference of like, people are, you know, they're, they're both the good and the bad is on full display. And that, you know, this dancing naked, just over excited and making a fool of himself, that to me is good. And so you'd think, and I'm sure there are places where something happens and you, you know, you're overcome with emotion and, and instead of like dismissing yourself coming back, it just seems so modern. It seems so, yeah, modern masculine to like not be, not be willing to cry in front of other people. Um, and so it just, it stands out to me that, um, that this happens and Joseph, and maybe this, maybe it's a reflection of the influence of, uh, Egyptian society had him. I, you know, I don't know what the story is, uh, but it just kind of, it stands out that, um, you know, he's overcome finally when he sees his own brother, his full brother. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he can't, he can't help but be overcome. And then it sounds as though at the very end, he gives his brother Benjamin a portion that's five times as much as any of the others. Um, and it's not that it, he's not being unfair. He's just, the emphasis is like, they are full brothers and there's something, and Benjamin is the youngest of all of them. Um, and so that, that tenderness, I think, is, is important that we saw it as, as the reader. Um, but I, I find it kind of unfortunate that within the story, Benjamin and the others couldn't see it as well. Um, I've gone all this time and forgot to apologize for not recording yesterday. Um, there was just an interesting evening the night before. Um, long story short, if you are on, if you receive my posts on Substack, pewpew.substack.com, you'll know that a couple, several weeks ago, I think it's more than a month ago, well, that's when I started working on this this essay, but I think I only brought it up, I think in the last week, because it seemed like it was going to be passed on to an editorial team, and it was, and the feedback that came back was, uh, you need to change your tone and be more self-critical um, so that, you know, our readers can quote unquote trust you. Um, and I had some, I took some umbrage at that and I was working through it. Uh, cause it just feels like, yeah, it just felt suspicious, suspiciously like bias and not, you know, I've never worked with this, um, this particular group before. And I was hopeful that they didn't have an, you know, as much skin in the game as like, pacifists or, um, you know, conservative realists or something. And so to, to get that news and, and that specific feedback from a, an outlet that I thought was relatively 
benign was just annoying. Um, and so I don't know if it's going to be in print, but I'll keep shopping around and then I'll share it with others. But um, I'm, I was really happy with myself for finding some things in Luke 3 and Luke 7 about soldiers and um, the points I was making, I haven't seen anybody else make before. Um, but, and I mean, it's all in the text. Like, I'm not making anything up. I'm not, it's not like I'm saying, like, you know, what happened behind, you know, that the text doesn't tell us is. It's like, no, it's right there. Um, uh, and I haven't heard anybody make that before. And I think it's important because it sets up a slight distinction between John's anti imperialism and Jesus's pro human dignity. Um, and I think that's a very subtle difference, but important. Um, but the the outlet that I was working with, the the editorial team, didn't see it that same way, or didn't see, didn't you know, didn't uh, get their rocks off in the right way, I guess. So, I think I slept in yesterday. I can't remember. Anyway, um, apologies for missing out. Um, the uh, I'll, I'll probably be sharing about it on Substack, so if you don't subscribe yet, please consider doing so. It's free right now, um, pewpew.substack.com. Or you can also, if you are as tired of Facebook as I am, I've created a, an alternate um, social network for Christian soldiers at Mighty Networks. You can check that out at pewpew.mnmikenovember.com. A prayer for those we love, from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we entrust all who are dear to us to your never-failing care and love for this life and the life to come, knowing that you are doing for them better things than we can desire or pray for. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.